Brothers and sisters, what belongs to Caesar? We might say that his name belongs to Caesar. It's invoked here by the Pharisees and the Herodians to frighten Jesus. To speak the name of Caesar is to invoke his authority and all the terrible weight of the Roman Empire. But actually, Caesar's name doesn't belong to Caesar. That was Julius Caesar's name. And all the subsequent emperors took it for themselves to lend themselves that great authority and dignity that belonged to that great emperor, Caesar. Hmm. So Caesar's name doesn't really belong to Caesar. But if the name doesn't belong, at least the authority does, backed up by those terrible armies of Rome maintaining the Pax Romana, the peace of Rome by the edge of the sword. Surely the, the soldiers, the centurions, they belong to Caesar. But then why is Caesar always so afraid of the soldiers? If you read the histories of the Roman Empire, the number one concern of every emperor is how to keep the army happy, to make sure that they're well-paid and well-fed and they don't start getting bored and think about maybe they could have a better boss in Rome. Oh, the soldiers don't really belong to Caesar either. So what belongs to Caesar? The Pharisees fish in their pockets. They pull out a coin. It's got his face on it, his name on the coin. Surely that belongs to Caesar. And maybe we grant that. We grant that the coin belongs to Caesar. Wouldn't even get you a cup of coffee today. Of course, as a kid, I would have loved to have gotten a coin with Caesar's face on it and his inscription. Museums around the world would love to display that coin as a historical artifact. See, now this came from the early centuries of this particular Roman house, and you can tell from the craftsmanship on the coin that it came from this silversmith in this part of Rome. But there are so many coins with Caesar's face on them that have, that have sunk into the Mediterranean. They're lost forever. They're tarnished and rusted over. They're of no interest at all except to collectors and museums. Caesar's name no longer holds the terror that it did in Jesus' day. His soldiers are nowhere to be seen. And his coin is worthless. What belongs to Caesar? Nothing. Nothing belongs to Caesar. Because Caesar is a man, a human being like you and me. Nothing belongs to us. Everything that you and I, that Caesar and every emperor and president and chairman and great leader have, have been received as gifts. Nothing belongs to us. Nothing is owed to us. We didn't create anything that we have.
what belongs to God, then? Everything. Everything belongs to God. For he alone has made the things of lasting value. He alone has made those things that endure forever. For he's created you and me. Just as the coin fished out of the pockets of the Pharisees bears the stamp of Caesar, you and I bear the stamp of God. We are minted with his image and likeness. We are made to be given away, not as currency, but in love. Because God is love. Every person is stamped with his image and likeness, and every person is made to last far beyond every empire, every country, every human work. Humanity will outlast the works of our hands, because humanity is made in that image and likeness. And we are to repay to God what belongs to God. How do we begin to do that? Repaying Caesar is easy by comparison. Since nothing belongs to him, we can give him nothing. All right, done. All the repayments finished. But to give everything to God, how do we begin to give everything? First, brothers and sisters, we have to recognize that everything does indeed belong to him. We recognize his rule over everything, and that requires a total change in our mindset. It requires us to see those things that might cause us to tremble, to see those things that might cause us to give respect and deference in this world as nothing at all. Every emperor, every chairman, every president, everything that we make, none of that compares with what belongs to God. God rules over all of it, using it for his own purposes. Now, you may not remember Persian History 101 from when you were in high school. So perhaps the name Cyrus only rings a distant bell. But he is the great emperor of the Persian Empire, Cyrus the Great, who the Iranians still call today the father. So tremendous was his influence on their people and history. And he is an instrument in God's hand. Our first reading from Isaiah, we hear God speak of Cyrus as God's anointed as the one from whom Cyrus received his title and name, though, says God, you knew me not, because I'm in charge. Even the emperors of the world, says God, can accomplish my will. For it was Cyrus the Great who let the Jews go home, who released them from exile, and giving them some coins with his image on it to pay for the materials needed to rebuild the temple. All so that hundreds of years later, 
a poor carpenter and his young wife could bring their firstborn son into that renovated temple and dedicate Jesus to the Father of Heaven. Recognizing his rule over everything, brothers and sisters, then we repay to God what he has given to us. We repay God with what bears his image and likeness. We repay God with love. To extend to all that currency of love, to give to others what is stamped with the overwhelming generosity of God. God created us out of nothing, desiring nothing from us, simply so that we might enjoy existing, that we might delight in being in relationship with Him. And we are meant to share that delight, that love with others, which is easier said than done. Because there are still some Caesars running around the world, who insist on their own importance, trying to get us to treat their little dingy coins as something of lasting value, who want us to withhold that love for other people and just give it to Caesar and his friends, the people that he likes. But everything belongs to God, which means that our love is meant for everything and every one. It means embracing with difficulty love even for our enemies. To love those who hate us. To extend to them that currency of love. To remind them the image and likeness that they bear as also being made in the image and likeness of God. We repay to God what belongs to God we become instruments in his hands, not unwilling, unknowing ones like Cyrus, the emperor. We become rather living instruments, adapting to his will, responding to his desires, warmly embracing the challenge of discipleship in front of us. When we repay to God what belongs to God, we reveal the currency that will outlast every empire on earth. We reveal the face of God. 